0: You are listening to a message from Victory. We hope it inspires you to honor God and make disciples in your community. You guys are going through a wonderful series on the parables of Jesus. And right now you're on a fantastic parable about the mustard seed. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The parable of the mustard seed. And how does that relate to... To building a great family. How does that relate to being a disciple of Jesus? How does that relate to being an ambassador for the king of kings? Let's talk about that in just a minute. Now, here's a little bit about me. That's not important. Me, I am not important. What's important is what God wants to speak to you today. So, one thing for sure that God wants to speak to you today is his word. Right, I was born into a non-Christian family. My family never went to church. We never read the Bible. I was adopted in my teenage years by a Chinese Christian family. And that's how I became a Christian. My Chinese family taught me how important this book is. And I've really come to learn in my life that this is God's Word. Right, This book is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Dear pastor but just like a lamp just like a light we have to turn it on you know you can have a flashlight up in the corner you know up in the drawer somewhere you never turn it on it doesn't help you don't light that lamp up it's no help you don't read your bible you don't really take it into your heart it's no help so let's read this verse let's read these verses together ready let's go how do you say together again hallo hallo no, hallo, halo is mix-mix, right? Sama-sama. <laughs> okay, there you go. Good. Okay, here we go. Ready? Then Jesus asked, What is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds perched in its branches. Again, he asked, What shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Beautiful. Now, we always have to ask ourselves, what is the Lord talking about? Is he really talking about just the seed and yeast? No, of course not. It's a parable. He's talking about, what is it? He's talking about the kingdom of God. He's talking about the kingdom of God. He's talking about the power of faith in our lives. Right? The power of faith. A little tiny bit of faith, a little tiny mustard seed, and it grows into a huge tree and then into a huge forest. right? And a little bit of yeast takes a bunch of dough and rises it up into, many, into bread that can feed everyone. Right? That's the power of of the kingdom of God, but it has to be activated by faith. Let's talk a little bit more about this. Now, we, we've already talked and Pastor gave a wonderful introduction. I'm very thankful for that. So a little bit about me, ambassador, venture capitalist. I've been super honored. Also, uh, I was a Fulbright scholar to Asia, U.P. Diliman. And then Manila Garden Mission, way back in 1984. It's a long time ago, but I'll never forget that. It's a wonderful time, and I'm so happy to be back in Manila. Uh, Here's what most people don't know about me. You know, we all have kind of an outside and an inside. And frankly, the inside is the most important part. I was abandoned by my dad, my American father. He had... Very serious problems. Unfortunately, he was an alcoholic and a drug abuser and stuff. And finally, in my teens, he abandoned my brothers and myself. But he didn't just leave. He actually wrote us a letter. In the letter, he said, Boys, I'm leaving. I never want to hear from you again. I never want to see you again. I never want to have anything to do with you for the rest of my life. Now, I don't have to tell you, brothers and sisters, that was devastating. Devastating. Just extremely hard when your father basically you know goes like this right he kept that promise it's one of the very few promises he kept 25 years we never heard from him we never saw him my brothers tried to find him couldn't even find him and then he died and my youngest brother got a call from another lawyer saying uh are you the son of walter lee slayton my brother said yeah why why are you calling he said i'm so sorry your father's dead Very, very sad story. But we serve a great God. We serve a great God. And the first lesson, the most important lesson that I want you to take away today, and I hope everybody, I hope nobody misses this, nobody misses this, is that we serve a great God who loves you very, very much. Not only does He love you, He's for you. Do you understand what I mean? He is for you. He's for you. He's for your family. He's for your success in life. It's one of the reasons I love victory. Victory is a great name for a church. Because Jesus wants us to have victory. Right? You know how we know that? We know that because Jesus, He stretched out His arms on the cross. Remember? And what was He really saying when He did that? He was saying, Welcome to God's family. When the Changs, I mentioned about my American dad, how he abandoned me. And right around that same time, the Lord had a Chinese family move to my town. Now, I had never met a Chinese person in my entire life, I'd seen them on Hawaii Five O, you know, that great old television show, right? But I'd never met it. In fact, I'd never met an Asian person in my whole life. Ken Chang, their son, was my age. He came to my school. We became best friends in a matter of weeks. We're still best friends today, 40 years later, more than 40 years later. The Changs were a strong Christian family. That's the key. My American family, we were not a Christian family at all. We didn't go to church, we didn't read the Bible. Not at all. The Changs took me in. They showed me the love of Christ. They showed me the power of a good family. And they showed me, and they gave me my first Bible. Ever, I'd never owned a Bible before, never read the Bible. But it was because the Changs were effective ambassadors. Now, were the Changs wealthy? No. Were they powerful? No. Were they well-known? Were they famous? No, not at all. Not at all. But were they effective ambassadors for, the God, for God Almighty? Yes, they were. And brothers and sisters, each one of us can be an effective ambassador. Right? Because Christ, 2,000 years ago, he started the cycle of love. right? That's what that is. When he stretches out his arms on the cross, when Jesus stretched out his arms on the cross... You know, the nails driven through his hand. You know what that was, really? That's my name, and that's your name, written in the palm of his hand in his own blood. Now, just think about that for a minute. If you think someone, people here, there might be some people here that think, you know, Jesus doesn't really love me. You know, God doesn't really love me. That is a lie from the devil. I just want to be clear about that. Jesus loves you and he loves me very, very much. And he's for you and he's for your family and he's for you winning the victory in your life. Now, I want to ask a question. And please, by show of hands, who's in a victory group here? Please raise your hand. I'm watching you guys in the back. You mean in the back there's nobody in victory groups? Raise your hand. Okay, so that's about maybe half the people. Okay, so you remember I'm a professor, right? So what does a professor do? He gives homework. That's right, guys. I know. Oh, you know oh, oh, horrible. Homework. Yes, homework. Now, of course, it's up to you if you want to do the homework. There's not going to be a test. I'm not going to come around next week and say, hey, did you do the homework? The homework is for your benefit, not for my benefit. But remember, what's important here is not what I teach. It's what you learn. The first homework that I'd like you to consider is if you're not part of a a victory group, I'd like you to consider becoming part of a victory group. In fact, I want you to go, please, and visit. At least just visit. Just give it a chance. Just go to one victory group and check it out. Because you know something? God wants us to have victory. He does. But victory cannot be had on our own. My daughter, I'm going to introduce you to my daughter. I only have one daughter. She's a U.S. Army officer. Amazing, huh? Ivy League honors graduate, U.S. Army officer, right? And she said, Dad, you know in the Army we have an interesting saying. She said, the saying is this. You fight alone, you die alone. I want to say that again. You fight alone, you die alone. We always are taught that we must fight with a battle buddy. We must have battle buddies. Otherwise, we're going to lose the fight. Can I tell you a secret, guys? We all need battle buddies. We're all in a fight. Satan is out there. Now, you might say, Gregory, you're crazy. There's no such thing as the devil. I'm just telling you, you're wrong. (laughs) The devil exists. I didn't grow up believing that. I didn't grow up in a Christian family, right? When my brother, Ken, Ken, his my Chinese brother, Ken Chang, when he told me about the devil and stuff, I'm like, no way, that's nuts. But now here we are, 45 years later or so, 40 years later, and I really see that Ken's right. We are in a battle. The devil wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your business. He wants to destroy everything because that's what he does, Right? So And how does he do it? He does, he does it through lies. The number one lie is Jesus doesn't really love you. And that's why it's so important to remember that first lesson. That first lesson that I mentioned. That Jesus loves you very much. And he is for you. He is for you. No matter what, you know, you're going through health crisis. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe there's financial struggle. Maybe there's a struggle in your marriage. Jesus is for you. He is for you. And that we have to remember. Right? And that's why my number one homework assignment for you is to get into a victory group. You want to have victory? you got to be t- You want to win the victory? You do not win the victory in this earth by yourself. Remember the U.S. Army saying? You fight alone, you die alone. Do not fight alone. Get into a victory group. Super, super important. Okay, outstanding. You know, in the back, reminds me, when I teach at Harvard, they have classrooms not quite this big, about half this size. And the students in the front, they never give you any trouble. They're always hardworking. Oh, yes, professor. Oh, can I help? It's the guys in the back that always give you trouble. Oh, my goodness. Never paying any attention. You know, fooling around. So those guys we call, at Harvard, we call that the sky deck, right? Right? So you guys in the sky deck, I got my eyes on you. I'm watching you guys back there. I just want to make sure you can hear me and pay attention. So homework number one. What was it again? Join a victory group. At least check it out. Look, you have to make your own decision. Everybody's an adult. Everybody has to make their own decision. But I want you to at least check it out. It's like my brother Ken. For a long, he gave me a Bible. We were reading the Bible for years. I didn't become a Christian. Finally said, Gregory, you got to pray. You got to ask the Lord for yourself if he exists. You got to check it out. I thought to myself, that's reasonable. That's reasonable. And I did. And I went out and I prayed and I said, you know, God, I have no idea if you exist. I have no idea if you're the God of my Chinese family, the Christian God, or maybe you're the Hindu God, or maybe you're the Buddhist God, or maybe you're something else. I don't know, you know, and God answered that prayer. So I'd like you guys, every single person in this room, to check out a victory group. All right? Don't fight alone. Don't die alone. That's homework number one. I'm going to give you four more homework assignments today. Four more homework assignments. And I hope that you do all of them. Please don't put them off. Because time goes so quickly. You, you just turn around, and your son, who is this tall is now this tall. Literally, that's how it works. So don't put these homework assignments off. All right? Now, I mentioned about Family First Asia. I, because I had two fathers, because I had my American dad and my Chinese dad, my American dad was, as they say in Chinese, Fei cheng bua, bad, bad guy. Should have been in jail, to tell you the truth. I, I feel badly for my father now because... You know, it says in the Bible that a man will reap exactly what he sows. Right, guys? And that's what happened. That's what happened to my dad. He decided to live for himself. He abandoned his family, abandoned my mom, abandoned me and my brothers. He lived for himself, and he ended up dying by himself, alone, in great poverty and great pain. And I feel very badly for him, actually. But because I had two fathers, I was really always fascinated by fatherhood. I was fascinated by the power of fatherhood, for either good or for evil, and I studied fatherhood around the world for many, many years. I've had my own kids and ended up writing this book, which Pastor very graciously referred to, "Be a Better Dad Today." Now, there's good news and bad news. The good news is that this book is published in the Philippines. Fantastic, and it's—I mean—it sold many, many, many thousands of copies. Here, it sold about over a quarter of a million copies around the world. Every single copy here benefits Pamilia Muna Pilipinas. We'll talk about that in just a minute. The bad news is, for some reason, they were supposed to deliver a few hundred copies today for you, but I'm so sorry, they didn't get delivered. Pastor promises that we'll have some next week or soon. I hope you pick it up. I hope it's a blessing to you. There's a motherhood book too. Be the best mom you can be because moms are super important. That book is not yet published in the Philippines, but will be published in December. By the way, this book is published in English. It's going to be published in Tagalog and Cebuano next year. So it's really exciting. Really exciting. Here's the Chinese version. This is the simplified Chinese version from China. The reason I show this to you is that China is, as you know, obviously a communist country. Okay. But God loves his people very much. And God it was a miracle because this book, which is full of scripture and full of, you know, talking about Jesus and the Heavenly Father, is the very same as this. The, the translation is word for word and it was not blocked by the Chinese censors. It's amazing. Anyway, so please pray for this and pray for Family First Asia. This is where we're working now in all these countries. Our goal is very simple. We want to touch a hundred million families. That's at least 400 million people. A hundred million families. That's a lot of families, right? A hundred million families in the next 25 years with the good news. The good news, you can have a strong and happy family. The good news, you can have a strong and happy marriage. The good news, you can be part of God's heavenly family. And that's how it all happens. So, right here in the Philippines, we have a wonderful, wonderful leadership team. And we call, And here we're called Pamilia Muna Pilipinas. And if you're into, first of all, please pray for us. We're working all over the Philippines. And we have a great leadership team, but we can't accomplish our goals by ourselves. That's why we're so honored to be working with Victory Church. And we had a huge parenting conference at CCF. Uh, Yesterday we had 2,000 or 2,500 parents there. It was great. We're doing work all over the Philippines. And if the Lord, if you feel in your heart the Lord's calling you to join us, then come on along. Don't do it because I ask. That's a bad reason. But if the Lord calls you to join us, that'd be great. Now, let's keep moving here. No matter what, please do pray for us and pray for Familia Muna Filipinas. Now, why do we do this? Why do we do this? Well, you know a little bit about me. You know that I had a a father who abandoned us and then I had a Chinese dad. My Chinese dad was not perfect. No dad's perfect. No mom's perfect. But he tried. He tried. And he was a good dad. Why is this important? This is important because family failure is the number one cause of the most severe social issues that we face both here in the Philippines and in the United States. Whether we're talking about teen suicide or teen drug abuse or teen pregnancy or teen illiteracy, any of these things are directly related to family failure. So, for instance, if you grow up without a father in your life in the United States, you are 20 times more likely, 20 times more likely, to suffer from a severe emotional illness. You are nine times more likely to not graduate from high school. You are six times more likely to live in poverty. All of these social problems stem from family failure. And that's why Family First Asia and Pamilia Muna Pilipinas really focuses on the root cause issue, which is family. right? The root cause issue. So that's why we do it. And how do we do it? We teach families how to succeed in two areas. Number one, well, they're both equal. So it's not that one is more important. But the two areas, we have to be successful financially. Let's not kid ourselves. We have to put, you know, food on the table for the kids. We have to be able to pay tuition. We have to, you know, pay the mortgage, right? We have to do that. That's important. So we're not saying that, you know, dad should quit his job and spend all time at home. No, no. You have to be a successful, you have to be successful in the work front. But just as important, you have to be successful on the family front. You know, I know I spent 12 years in Silicon Valley. I know some very, very wealthy people. Very wealthy. Billionaires. U.S. billionaires, right? But their wife hates them and their kids despise them. That's a failure. That's a failure. Both things are important. We have to have success on the family front. And we have to have success on the work front. And that's what we teach at Family First Asia and Pamilia Muna Pilipinas. Now, why do we do this? In the Bible, there's a great prophecy at the very end of the Old Testament. This is the last verse in the Old Testament. In other words, this is the last verse before Jesus shows up. Let's read this prophecy together. Ready, guys? And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Now, the inner most. How many people have heard that before? Raise your hand. Well, not that many. Okay, good. Well, it's very important prophecy, and uh, it's right before Jesus shows up. So we know that this is God's heart. We know that he want, God wants parents and children to be close we know that okay and that's what we do now how do we do it oh before that sorry just a few parenthood facts you know that parenthood is the only job that lasts forever I was a US ambassador for four years I'm not anymore my former boss President Bush he's not president anymore right CEO what lawyer teacher whatever your job is it's going to come to an end your job is mom and dad Never comes to an end. If you do a good job, you get promoted. Grandma, grandpa, right? It's the only job for which we are uniquely qualified. Think about that. There's seven plus billion people on the world. Of all seven billion people, you are the very best mom for your family. The very best. There's no one else. You are the very best dad for your family. How cool is that? How cool is that, right? Right? It's the job that pays the best. I mean, the benefits are eternal. Think about that. Eternal benefits. It goes down... The research is very interesting. A really good mom and dad, or really bad mom and dad, but has influence, not just to their kids and grandkids, but down to the third and the fourth generation. It's really amazing. Really amazing. Now, we teach successful parenthood leadership in three areas. We teach... About a noble family vision. We teach about allies for the journey. And we teach about the ten tools of fatherhood and motherhood. But before I jump into these. I want to give our second piece of homework. Now who remembers the first piece of homework? Right. Check out if you're in a growth of victory group. Fabulous. Kagilagilalas. If you're not, go check one out. Please, do yourself a favor, you know? It might be fabulous. In fact, it probably will be fabulous. You'll be thinking, darn it, I should have joined before, right? So, that's number one. Now, these next four, that's so you go to a victory group, so you learn, so you get fed, so you grow in the faith, right? You go in faith and hope and love. That's why you go to victory group. So you grow in faith and hope and love. But can I tell you a secret? God never blesses us just to bless us. He always blesses his people so we can be a blessing to others. Isn't that right? So we can be a blessing to others. And we need to take God's blessing and use them to be a blessing to others. And that's my last homework assignments for you. My last four homework assignments. Who's a mom or a dad? Who's a mom or a dad here? Raise your hand if you're a mom. Oh, wow. A lot of moms and dads here. Okay. Outstanding. Good. Here's your homework assignment. Are you ready? I want you to write this down. This week, this week, without fail. Remember, time goes fast. So get it done this week. I want you to find each one of your children. Just one-on-one. You and your daughter. You and your son. Okay? And I want you to do three things. I want you to give them a big hug. I want you to give him a big hug. And I want you to say... Three super important things. I want you to say... Son... It's not your birthday. It's not Christmas. But I just want to tell you, son... I love you... So, so much. Yep. You tell him. And then I want you to say... And son, I want you to know something. I'm really proud of you. We've had some struggles in the past... But I'm proud... Of the man God's making you to be. And number three. No matter what happens. Son I want you to know this. No matter what happens. I'm with you. For the rest of our lives. No matter what. Same for your daughters. Daughter. Sweetheart. I want you to know. I love you so much. I'm proud of you sweetie. I'm proud of the beautiful woman. That God's making you to be. Right. And no matter what happens, I'm with you for the rest of your life. Now, you might say to me, Professor Slayton, you know, I'm uh, Chinese. You know, we don't do that in a Chinese family. Look, guess what? I'm Chinese. I grew up in a Chinese family. I know that. right? My Chinese grandfather was a general for Chiang Kai-shek. He was a super tough guy. My Chinese grandmother had bound feet. Super traditional Chinese family. My father told me his father never once said anything nice to him in his whole life. Not just, whoa, I need. That, obviously, never. Never said, I love you. But never even said, like, son, you did a good job, or I'm proud of you. It just didn't happen. Okay? And that's okay. My, my dad, my Chinese dad, was a really good man. But here's something, brothers and sisters, that we need to learn from our Jewish brothers and sisters. You know that the Sabbath in the Jewish religion starts Friday night at sundown, right? And every Friday night, every Orthodox Jewish family in the world has their Sabbath dinner. And at the Sabbath dinner, the dad stands up and he thanks the Lord and he blesses his wife. Thank you, Lord, for my wife. Bless her, Father. He stands up and he blesses his children. Thank you, Lord, for my children. Bless them, Lord. Bless them. Guys, moms and dads, we need to learn from our Jewish brothers and sisters to start the cycle of love in our own families. When Jesus stretched out His arms on the cross, what He was doing was starting the cycle of love. Right? And He calls us to be His ambassadors and to continue that cycle of love. First of all, in our own families. First of all, in our own families. I don't care how much good you're doing outside. I don't care if your kids do not know that you love you, that, that you love them. That's a problem. Sometimes Christian workers, and, and hear me now if you're a pastor, sometimes Christian workers get so busy that the kids don't really know, hey, does my mom and dad really love me? Don't let that happen, guys. All right? So what's homework assignment number two? Find your child. I don't care if your kids, if your son is 25 years old, he's working in the United States or Saudi Arabia. Give him a call, right? Dadienwa, give him a call, right? You give him a call and you tell him, son, I just wanted to tell you, I love you so much. I'm so proud of you. You know, daughter, maybe your daughter is a nurse somewhere. Okay, sweetheart, I'm so proud of you. I love you so much. Your daughter, your son, your da- when, you, when you make that call, your son, your daughter is going to feel 10 feet tall. You don't want your daughter or son to be on drugs or drinking too much. You don't want them to be part of a gang, right? right? Isn't that right? You don't want that. This is the way to give them self-confidence, to give them reassurance, to give them inner strength, right? That you believe in them, that you love them, that you're proud of them, guys. This is super important. So that's your homework assignment. Homework assignment number two for every mom and dad here, right? And I really hope and pray that you won't just do it once, right? But that at least once a week, somehow you will let your kid know, or your kids, if you're blessed with multiple, you know, with children, let them know you love them, you respect them, and you're with them, right? So homework assignment number two. Raise your hand, mom and dad, raise your hand if you're with me for homework assignment number two. Raise your hand. Guys, it's voluntary. Obviously, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to. But if you want to be blessed and you want to be an ambassador of blessing, do that homework assignment. So, let's take a look at what we teach in terms of the family journey. Three very, very important things. First of all, if, you going, if you're going to take a road trip to... Uh, Pampanga would you just go without a map would you just start off and you have no idea where you're going of course not you'd get a map how do I get there what road do I take right or you'd use you know you'd use google maps or whatever right that's the noble family vision the noble family vision is a road map for you and your family where do we want to be in 20 or 30 or 40 years and how are we going to get there that's the noble family vision Likewise, if you're climbing Mount Everest, would you try and do it by yourself? Well, if you do, you're going to die. Because no one has ever climbed Mount Everest in history by themselves. Remember the U.S. Army saying, you fight alone, you die alone. That's why we all need allies for the journey. What that means is a strong community. Right? We're going to talk about that. And then finally, you need the right tools. You want to go to Hong Kong, take a journey to Hong Kong, you can't swim there. You cannot get there by yourself. You want to take a journey to Pampanga? You need a bus, or you need a car, or a motorcycle. You want to go to Hong Kong? You need a boat, or you need a plane? You need the right tools. You want to make your journey successful with you and your family? You need the map, you need allies, and you need the right tools. Now again, that's all here in the fatherhood book. In fact, there's many, many, there's chapters on each one of those things, and in the motherhood book too, and I encourage you to pick it up. Let's talk a little bit, just briefly, about the noble family vision. The noble family vision is important because nothing is ever built by accident. Nothing good is ever built by accident. This church wasn't built by accident. This building wasn't built by accident. You can't even, a bicycle isn't built by accident. Everything good is built with a plan. That's why the noble family vision is so important. It's part of what we teach. We teach that there are three things that every adult needs. You need a career vision, you need a personal vision, you need a noble family vision. Now, unfortunately, I'm running out of time, so I don't have time to go into those details, but this is important. And again, grab the book or maybe I'll come back if there's an opportunity and we can talk a little bit more about this. The noble family vision answers these basic questions. What type of family do we want to be in 20 or 30 or 40 years, right? How do we want our children, when they have families, how do we want them to interact? You know, a lot of kids don't, there's a lot of sibling rivalry. A lot of times children don't get along well. Very important to say from the very beginning that when our children are older, we want them and their families to really get along well. In any event, a whole bunch of questions. What type of family do we want to be? How do we want our children to treat us? Right? How do we want our children to treat each other? What type of people do we want our children to be? What type of people do we want to be? Right? Those are the goals. Then, of course, the action plan. How do we get there? What's our action plan? Again, I'm sorry I'm running out of time. I'd give more examples of all this, but it is in the book, and uh, I want to keep going. Now, you can start your noble family vision today. Right? Uh, grab a copy of the book or just... Uh, Go online, familiamunapilipinas.org. You can get more information there. You can start your noble family vision. Here's the key, though. It can't just be dad's vision. It can't just be mom's vision. It can't just be the kid's vision. It's got to be the family vision. Because I'll tell you the problem in many families today. Many families have this problem. Dad is going this way. Mom is going this way. And the children are going this way. It's like trying to, you know, row a boat, right? You got three or four people sculling, right? That's what it's called, sculling. You're rowing, right? Well, if you're not going in the same direction, the boat is just going to go down, right? The boat's going to break up and go down, right? We have to be going in the same direction. The wonderful thing about the noble family vision is the conversation, right, you have with your wife, the conversation you have with your kids, right, in doing this is just as valuable as the noble family vision itself. Uh, It's a seven-step process. Whoops, whoops, whoops. whoops, whoops. What did I do there? Huh, sorry. Ah, okay. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. Okay, in any event... This is the next part. This is allies for the journey. But just finishing up on the Noble Family Vision, it's a seven-step process. It's very easy to do. And it's all outlined in the book and on the website. I'll be sure that your pastor has these slides. So if anybody wants to see the slides, you can, you can check it out. Again, I really apologize that the book's not here. But anyway. So second thing, we need allies for the journey. I've studied families for 25 years. I've never found, never once, not in Africa, not in Europe, North or South America or Asia, I've never once found a really strong family that was all by itself. I've always noticed that good families have friends. Right? Good families have good friends. Now, for you young men out there, do you need... Maybe you don't have a family, but do you need good friends? You absolutely do. And let me give a little tip to the young men that are out there. You are not going to find men of character competence and commitment at your local bar on friday night no you are not you'll find men doing other things but that's not the kind of man that's going to help you to become the man that god wants you to be right remember the u.s army saying you fight alone you die alone don't let that happen we all need allies for the journey what was the homework number one bingo 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 Now, who's ready for homework number three? Homework number three, who has a mom or a dad still alive? Wow, almost everybody. Okay, that's great. That's great. This month, as soon as you can, I want you to find, to get together with your mom and your dad. And maybe if they live in the States or something, you know, you give them a call. And I want you to tell them three things. Right? Three things. What are they? Mom, I love you so much. It's not your birthday. It's not Mother's Day. I'm just calling to tell you, Mom, I love you so much. Mom, I'm so thankful. You sacrificed so much for my brothers and my sisters and me. You sacrificed so much for my family. I am so thankful to you, Mom. Mom, no matter what happens in life, I'll always love you. Guys... Right, same for dad. And you say, maybe, hey, you say, Professor Slayton, I didn't have a very good dad. Well, I'm with you on that. I didn't have a very good dad either. But you know something? Jesus wants us to be his ambassadors in this world. And the first place he wants us to be his ambassadors is in our families. right? Showing the love to our children. Showing the love to our parents. Right? I mean, maybe your dad, maybe your dad, like my Chinese dad, maybe he never never gave you a hug. My Chinese dad never, ever gave me a hug. Not once. Not me, not my brothers. Just didn't do it. Because, you know, his dad, the general, never did it to him. I understand that. I'm not upset about it. But the point is, we can start the cycle of love within our own families, right? So, let's do that with our kids. Let's do that with our parents. Right? Now, That's homework assignment number three. Who's married? Raise your hand if you're married. Okay, raise your hand if you're engaged or you have a serious girlfriend or boyfriend. Okay, that's good, that's good. Now, here's homework assignment number four. You ready? You already know what it is. Homework assignment number four. This month, I want you to take your wife out to a nice dinner. McDonald's Bee does not cut it. Uh, uh, okay, I'm talking about a nice dinner. Leave the kids at home. Leave the kids at home. Put your cell phone away. All right? No cell phone, no kids, no fooling around. You take your wife, you take your spouse to a nice dinner. All right? You make sure during the dinner, maybe even bring them a little present or something. You know, you make sure to let her know, Sweetheart, I love you so much. I'm so thankful, sweetheart. You have given, for, in my case, 26 years of your life to our family. Our kids are successful because... And they're good children and they're following the Lord because you sacrificed for them. And I appreciate that. that, that. I appreciate that. Right? I tell them that. Now, a little note for the wives. Can I tell you this? I've heard it said... I'm sure this is not true about Victory Green Hills. But I've heard it said that some wives sometimes get frustrated with their husbands. I'm sure that's not true here. But, okay, I just want to give a little tip to the wives. Some wives seem to think that if my husband is not doing a good job, if I beat him up and I keep beating him up and I beat him up more, that he's going to do a better job. Can I tell you that is not true? I just want to tell you, ladies, I have disappointing news. That is not the way it works. All right. What does it say in the Bible? It says husbands love and it starts with husbands. Let me just be clear, guys. We are the leaders of our family. Life is all about leadership. Without your pastor, without the founder of victory, there is no victory. Without your pastor, there's no victory. Green Hills, It just doesn't exist in your family. Guys, we are the leaders of our family. We want our wives to love our kids. We have to love our wives. But wives, what does it say? It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And what does it say then? And wives, respect your husbands. Can I tell you a little secret about the male? I'll tell you a little secret about about men. Men crave respect. Men need to be respected. They need to be respected by their wives and by their children. It's just part of it. That's just part of the life. So wives, if you want to be treated like a queen, you treat your husband like a king. Now, I don't mean that your husband's dominating you, anything like that. Because remember the first thing that Jesus said, husbands, that Paul said, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. What did Jesus do for the church? Right? He gave everything for us. So that's homework assignment number four. To take your wife, take your spouse out. You know, wife, maybe you say, well, professor, you don't know my husband. He's a difficult guy. You know something? Guys, we have to start the cycle of love. Right? We have to start the cycle of love. To, to wait for somebody else. Like, I'll tell you a little secret about bitterness. Maybe some people struggling with bitterness a little bit. I struggled with bitterness a lot. My father abandoned me. My father wrote a note saying he never wanted to see me again in his whole life. And he kept that promise. My father basically was like this, okay? I struggled with bitterness for a long time. Until finally the Lord showed me that bitterness is like swallowing poison and waiting for the other person to die. Okay, I want to repeat that. Bitterness, if you're harboring bitterness in your heart against your mom or your dad or your spouse or somebody else... It's like you swallow, you're swallowing poison and you're waiting for the other guy to die. That's not what's going to happen. You swallow bitterness, you're going to die. That's why the Lord said, Father, in the, in, in, in the Lord's Prayer, what does it say? Forgive us our sin as we forgive those who sin against us. I realize that if I want Jesus to forgive my sins, which I do, I needed to forgive my dad. So if there's anybody out there that's struggling with bitterness or unforgiveness or anger, give it up to the Lord. Forgive that person. It'll be a wonderful blessing to you. My father never ever asked for forgiveness. He never said, Gregory, I'm so sorry I hurt you. And he did some horrible things. Not just to me, but to my brothers. Horrible things. He never asked for forgiveness. But still, it was good for me to forgive him. Okay? So, That's homework assignment number four. All right, guys? Take your spouse, take your fiancé out, make sure you let them know how much you love them, how much you appreciate all they've done for your family. So these are the ten tools of fatherhood. Time does not permit for us to go into them, but every one of these has a chapter in the book and a put-it-to-work section because this is not about theoretical head knowledge. Theoretical head knowledge is good. But what's really important in life is character and what, and, and, and what I do in life. That's what really matters. So what we have here in the book is put it to work sections so we dads and we moms can be better in each one of these areas. Let me just show you one, the F tool. You saw, by the way, it's, it's, a, it's an acronym, fatherhood, right? there, The 10 tools are in the acronym fatherhood. So the first tool is the F tool. Family first, family fun. It doesn't mean we quit our jobs, but it does mean that we properly prioritize our family. Because, as look, everyone in life has assets, right? By God's grace, you know, we invested a long time ago in a tiny little company called Google. You might have heard of that company, right? So by that investment and some other investments, I don't really have to work anymore. This is God's grace, right? Now, because now I'm working for the kingdom pretty much full time. But the reason I'm saying this is that we have to manage our assets, right? All of us have some assets, bank account or whatever it is. Okay, you have to manage those assets. What's our most important asset? Is it our bank account? Is it our house? Is it our job? Is it our car? What's our most important asset? It's a family. It's exactly right. Peter Lynch world-famous investor, he founded Fidelity Investments. Oh, no, uh, sorry, Peter Lynch, yeah, founded Fidelity. Peter Lynch said the most important investment any man can ever make is in his family. That's true, that's true. So we need to, Family First Family fund Tool helps us to make good investments in our family and make sure that we're making wise investments. Sometimes dads say, well, you know, I spend a lot of time at home. But when I talk to mom or I talk to the kids, they say, well, whenever dad's at home, he's always watching television or reading the newspaper or on his, you know, he's on his cell phone. That doesn't count, right? So we have to properly prioritize our family. We have to make sure that the time we spend is wisely invested. Can I tell you this? I guarantee you 100%, 100% guarantee At the end of your life, you will not say, darn it, I wish I spent more time at the office. Do you understand? You will not say that. If you're like 90% of people, you will say, darn it, I wish I spent more time with my family and with my closest friends. So let's learn from that, right? Let's not wait until we're on our deathbed. Let's learn from that right now. That's what the Family First, Family Fun Tool is all about, teaching us that. Now, I'm going to wrap this up. I'm not going to talk about the all-in marriage, which is super important. Um, I'm not going to talk about the other tools simply because I'm out of time here. So the H tool. I'm going to talk about this. There's nothing more powerful in this world than a happy, united family. Why did I become a Christian? I became a Christian fundamentally because I saw the difference between my American family and my Chinese family. My American family was fairly wealthy, fairly powerful, had a lot of other advantages. All my my everybody in my family going way, way back, had gone to university and stuff, but they were really unhappy. My Chinese family had none of those advantages, but they were Christians. That was the difference. That was why I became interested. We can argue theology all day long, but in your communities, in your neighborhoods, a strong, happy family. Nobody can argue with that. Nobody can argue with that. And going back to the parable of the, the seed and the, the yeast, you know, a strong, happy family starts small, right? Starts just very, very small. And then through the generations can impact hundreds, thousands of people. I want to ask you, brothers and sisters, here's my homework assignment number five, and this is the last one I'm going to close with this. Does everybody remember the first four? Okay. Homework assignment number five is very much like it. Homework assignment number five is for you to be active ambassadors of God's love in your sphere of influence. Now, your sphere of influence might be big, like pastor. It might be a little bit smaller. That's okay. Because in God's kingdom, there is no small act of service. There is no small act of service. Your sphere of influence, maybe if you're a student, maybe it's your fellow students. If you're a professor or a teacher, maybe it's your students and your colleagues. You're a businessman, your your fellow business people at work, uh, maybe your neighborhood. But each one of us has a sphere of influence, every single one. And every single one of us is called to be an ambassador in that sphere of influence. Now, you might say, well, you know, Professor Slayton, my sphere of influence is small and I don't have a lot of power and stuff like that. Brothers and sisters, it just takes a little seed. A little seed of kindness. A little seed of love. A little seed of faith. Right? Think about my Chinese family. They weren't powerful. They had no money. They didn't have anything. They were immigrants. They'd just come to the United States from Taiwan, and they were immigrants to Taiwan. They'd come out of China in 1948, right? So they came to the United States, but because they were Christians, because they understood that God had made them ambassadors, they took in, into their family, this little teenage American boy, who really was having a terrible time in his own family. And he gave, they gave him a Bible. They showed him the love of the Lord. They showed him how to be you know, a good mom and a good dad. Okay? Little seeds of faith. Little seeds of faith. So you already know that I am that boy. Right? If the Changs had not done that, then this book doesn't exist Pamilia Muna Pilipinas doesn't exist. Family First Asia doesn't exist. Remember, we're trying to touch a hundred million families in the next twenty-five years. None of that exists. And why did that happen? Because the Changs were faithful. They planted that little seed of faith, brothers and sisters. You don't know what it will be when you reach out with the love of Christ. To that neighbor who just maybe lost a child, or that colleague at work who is having trouble with his wife or his or, or, or her husband, right? Someone in your neighborhood who's suffering from cancer, right? There are problems in every wor- everyone, right? And you are God's ambassador, because Jesus stretched out his arms on the cross and he said, "I love you so much." Come join me, right? You are now part of my family. And he wants us to stretch out our arms in love, right? To our children, right? Give them a big hug. Tell them, I love you, son. So proud of you, right? To our parents, mom, dad, thank you so much. I, we didn't have the greatest relationship, dad, but I just want to tell you, I still love you. And I respect you, dad. To our spouse, you know, sweetie, we've been married for 26 years. Some of those years have been pretty hard. I just want to tell you how much I love you and how I'm so thankful for you. And reach out to your sphere of influence. Look for God to give you opportunities because He will. Every family, every neighborhood, every business, everywhere, there are people who are suffering. There are people who are in pain. There are people who need Jesus to touch them. And Jesus is going to use you and going to use me. Thank you so very much. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for Victory Green Hills Church. What a wonderful church. I thank you for the pastor. What a dynamic man of God. I thank you for my brothers and sisters here, Lord. I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would speak through me. It's not important what I have to say. Not important at all. But it's very important what you have to say, Lord. I pray that my brothers and sisters would remember these five simple homework assignments and that they would take them up. They would become part of a victory group. That they'd really actively love their kids. They'd show their mom and dad the love and respect that mom and dad crave. They'd do these simple things, Lord, so that we could each be an effective ambassador for you in this world. Lord, I do pray your rich in blessings, blessings of faith and hope and love upon each one of these, my brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In your great and holy name, we pray. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph slash resources slash podcasts.